So um, Randy and I are here tonight to talk about technology, and I'll just say a few words to start, and then feel free to jump in anywhere. And uh, and uh, and if you don't jump in, then I'll just be quiet, and uh, you'll have to jump in. Um, uh, but it's been very interesting to get to know Randy on the phone. First of all, we've been talking the last 10 days about this and, and just learning, meeting each other that way and learning about our interest in technology. And he knows a lot more than I do about technology in a more professional way and has been involved with it. One of the things that I heard was he started programming when he was eight. I mean, you know, for someone who can barely use a computer, I'm impressed with that. Um, Kids started four now, right? So it's... Pardon? Kids started four now, it feels like. Kids started four, so now you feel like you started old. (laughs) 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 But, um, But really, and I don't mean it to say that I don't know how to use a computer. I actually love my computer, love my, you know, I'm not a big phone person, but I have a phone, I use it, it's, you know, normal part of life. But I didn't have the perspective I have now that I've gained and has been stimulated by talking to you and learning a bit about the breadth of what happens on the internet and because of social media and because of our access to one another in this way through the technology. And it's been, it's been humbling and it's also been um, educating and disturbing. And it, it kind of my disturbance, which was already there, Got, got raised to a new height today when, so I don't, I, I like, you know, I, I like to look at newspapers, so I go online, I get the New York Times, and, I, and the New York Times today had just this um, horrendous article about um, sexual abuse and the internet uh, with children. And it was like, and I like, don't know anything about this, and it's a kind of article I didn't even want to read, but I read it. And it's a kind of article like I want to tell you about, and I want to say read it, but you don't want to read it, because it's so disturbing and what's going on and how people are using the internet in, I can't even find the right word, perverse ways um, to satisfy their unhappiness around children and sexuality and filming and photographs and and it's not just sex, it's also um, violence with children, with small, and this is, I'm talking about little children, I'm not talking about, you know, teenagers or something, I'm talking about, and I just didn't know this went on at all. And Randy is much more sophisticated than me in that way. He's been more involved in this world and trying to help um, uh, figure out how to, how to deal with this in a way that creates more safety and kindness and care and intelligence about what are we doing with the internet and how is it being used. And it, and really one of the more interesting parts was how much I just wanted to turn away from the whole thing today as I was reading it in the, in the New York Times and how much I didn't even want, I don't want to know this actually because it's so upsetting. And even my wife who was away teaching and coming home and I, I said something to her on the phone. I said, oh, did you see that article in the New York Times? She said, oh yeah. I looked at the headline, I didn't want to read it. Mm -hmm. And then later, after I told her I'd read it and it was very disturbing, she said, I said, did you read it? She said, well, I I really went through, I glanced at it more thoroughly, but she said, I don't even want it in my consciousness because it's so upsetting. And, And it's a little like, and you know, again, even coming here, I feel like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. I want to give you the Dharma, which is beautiful and rich and flowers and liberates one. But this is part of the Dharma, is what's going on. 
and our reality and how we respond to it is part of our practice. And so, um, Randy, he, he uh, sent me something from, uh, uh, from the Center for Humane Technology called the Ledger of Harms. And I passed it around. I, I made up a couple of copies of it and passed it around. And it's just different, different um, components of what you know happens for people in terms of attention and and how the internet impacts our attention, how it impacts our mental health, how it can impact relationships, and and they're they're looking at the negative ways, the difficulties that are caused by technology. I just feel like the positive ways don't need more marketing, right? We don't, that part, I mean, that, that part is very, very clear. And we actually debate about this sometimes inside of saying, yeah. should it be some kind of like really even-handed thing? And I always push to, to say no, because it doesn't mean we don't need to represent. Like one side is already very disproportionately represented, so. Right. Uh, so it has a long list of different studies, right? So this is kind of the summary of it, and then you can go in and see different studies, summaries of different studies uh, in different areas, like attention, relationships, uh, children. And then also it ends with a bunch of the quotes from like the biggest CEOs, uh, yeah. a lot of whom don't use the products with their own kids, right? So it's just like, um, it's, it's just important to be, to be aware of them. Yeah. Yeah, there was the only thing you left out was it was also about democracy. And oh, democracy, all those pieces. Yeah. yeah, and how it's impacting our lives that we don't know about, and of course we don't even want to hear about because it's a drag or it's you know it's not fun, right? Eugene likes the word fun and he likes does. to have fun. He does. <laughs> you, you've heard that Maybe, yeah. enough, yeah, but it's you know, but the reality of what's going on is so disturbing that it brings up this question of what do we do? And I don't know, and we're not coming here thinking we have an answer about what we do, but that we keep getting the information out so that we can use our intelligence, our kindness, our care, our love to respond and to hopefully respond skillfully in the long term. This is a big part of what um, I'm, I'm trying, many of us are like really interested in this topic because particularly um, attention is so important to us, right? Our attention, our awareness, our mind, and the, the ability to direct our awareness skillfully. All this is very important, sort of sacred in our circles, and this is why I'm excited that every time like a teacher takes this on and, and is just sort of interested in it, that means that that will be going on right in conversation in subsequent weeks. And I think that's we just we have to start there um, in in the Dharma community at least. Yeah, and especially the Dharma community is very broad, and I'm. Uh, I'm on the old version of the Dharma community. So by that I mean I'm old. And, 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 and also I've been around the Dharma for Dharma's a long time. Dharma's old too, yeah. Pardon? Dharma's old too. Yeah, but I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> but what I mean is that in terms of technology, I'm not a young person dealing with technology. I'm someone who grew up and the, the big technology was having a TV, right? That was a big, you had TV and radios, and they were, you know, TV was great. But, um, but it's so different now, and it's also, and I had the odd good fortune of having a very serious accident. I, I think you know this about me, that I had a bad bicycle accident. And I had it really at the time when the iPhones really hit. And so, and so by the time I recovered, meaning I could deal with iPhones, because first I couldn't even deal with them, um, it was like, oh, the technology and the culture had changed so quickly, and it was way beyond me. And I never quite plugged in 
literally in, this, in the way most people have been plugged in, and especially people who are younger than me have, are plugged in. And so I'm like, yeah, I love the internet, I love the computer, I love the cell phone. What's the big deal? But I'm not living my life through those machines, right? That's a difference, that's, that's something that's changed about that. And even, I mean, sometimes I get it, I have a daughter um, and she uh, is on Instagram. So one of the ways I get to know about my daughter is seeing what's going on in Instagram. It's always great to see, it's fun for me, it's my daughter. And, you know, knock on wood, she's doing okay. She's a good person, but but um, uh, but it's like I don't live in that world. Like, and even Facebook. Like, I I have a Facebook site. I haven't been on that site in <laughs> ten years. You know, and every once in a while I go and I just look and I think all these people want to be my friends. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to, and it's not that I don't want to be friends with them, but I don't want to actually be involved. And I keep thinking I should just shut the whole thing down. Mm -hmm. And I, I probably should, but I haven't yet. I unfriend people on their birthdays. It's terrible. But that's when I remember, I'm like, I don't know who you are. So then I, I just unfriend. Because sometimes there's like obligation at some point where I felt like I needed to accept something, like long ago. And they, if I don't know who they are, then, I, you know, it just becomes like an acquaintance or someone professionally who you met, you know, one time and then they sent you something and you felt like, oh, I should. It would be rude, right, to say no. So you so I quietly unfriend them on their birthday now because it reminds you right if you happen to look on that day and it says like it's their birthday that's one way to keep it clean. You, you unfriend them or you mm, unfriend <laughs> if I don't know who they are. Uh -huh. Okay, well, I'm learning. From it's you. One one method you. <laughs> so I think one thing you know one um, there's like there's so much to discuss here, but from a from a Dharma point of view, I think the most important thing uh, is you know life is a continuous training exercise. What are we letting train us? Right. That's the that's I think the guiding principle for when we interact with technology. Once you start thinking of it that way, right, then you become a lot more aware of the ways that you are being you are being modified by something that you're using. Um, a common myth is that technology is like a hammer, right? The modern um, internet technology is like a hammer. It's neutral, right? When it sits on the ground, it can be, it's not doing anything. Uh, when you use a hammer to hammer a nail, the hammer does not change you. It really doesn't. I mean, maybe mildly, right? Like your arm will get a little bit stronger or something. But it's very different when you use a lot of these products they do change you, they're engineered to change, like the goal is to change your behavior, right? And in many cases, or um, whenever there's an advertising business model behind it, the intent is to sell the ability to change you for money, right? So they're very well incentivized to change you. And I think from a dharmic point of view, that's the, that's the way to sort of monitor your relationship with technology. Like if you use that lens, you'll discover a lot about yourself and about the technology you use, and then you can make some decisions from there. So it, 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 it sounds like what you're suggesting is um, how to have the information to make, make technology a skillful means rather than something that's just impacting you in ways you might not know. Is that? Yeah. yeah. I, you know, also with this kind of technology, I think part of it is to admit that it's, uh, it's very well engineered and often beyond our level of ability to meet with it, right? Even with mindfulness, I think there are times when uh, if you don't have enough mindfulness to meet something like a very strong experience, sometimes stepping away and looking at it later like is a better choice than trying to dig into it right then because it just might be overwhelming to a point where you might do something unskillful and here like monitoring it's it's you can't always catch what's going on because you're being manipulated 
in ways that are beyond your ability to see the manipulation. So it's not the answer is not always more of some way. Right? I mean, this is a very important dharmic concept, right? That a lot of times the answers are about less, not more of something. It's just do less of something. And here it's like looking at your habits and saying, well, do I really need to check as often? How many times a day do I really need to check the news? That's a good example, very common. Um, so there's things like that that you can do instead of assuming that, oh, I can still check the news as much, but I'll do more monitoring to like catch it. You can also just say, yes, I'm going to try to be aware, but there are certain things that tend to spiral me right, in a direction that's not skillful, so I'll do less of that. I think that that is important. That's a little different with this technology than other technologies because there is this like, we, we like to, to draw this graph of, um, the power of technology over time, right? So it's like going up exponentially, right? Really, really steeply. Um, we're always worried about this point, like kind of up here where technology supersedes us. And it's like robots are more, you know, AI is more creative than us and can build things faster, can paint better, do music better, like all that stuff. Yes, that is all coming. But there's this other point earlier on this curve where technology exceeds your weaknesses, right? The ability, we were actually talking about this, that the truth is, right, everybody is mentally ill in some way, right? We all have our blind spots. We just do. He, he means that in a very nice way. In a nice way. In a nice way. Yeah, I mean, just in a, in a very... Or flawed, if you want yeah, to say, yeah. right? Or like we have our weaknesses, right? We have our uh, physiology, like our natural inclinations are there, right, from birth. Um, and the problem is, if you have technology, technology that is engineered to find that weakness and tap into that and monetize it, like that's a that's a dangerous situation, right? And we have already passed that. That part of the curve is in the past. Right? We're not looking ahead at some scary point that is over. Um, in a lot of cases, technology is doing that very successfully. And that's why in, that, in the New York Times article, they had the stats and they said, uh, I think it was like, oh gosh. Like the, the first data point they had was like, um, you know, there were like 10,000 cases of, of child pornography or something like that. And then, like, 10 years later, it was like, I think it was like 3,000, then it was like 10,000. And then 10 years later, it was like 1 million. Four years later, it was 18 million or whatever. Like, it, yeah, it is exactly. on an exponential curve. Yeah. And that is the rate at which, right, these, these kind of flaws, weaknesses. Um, flaws implies that there's something wrong with us for, for that being the case. That's just how we are. And tapping into that at this exponential rate results in and this is just one of the one of the bubbles of like terrible ridiculously terrible problems that has happened and imagine that on every axis right these are people who are vulnerable on this very specific axis of like child pornography and that's 18 million cases of abuse right and then you take much broader cases of vulnerability and then you have these massive massive problems um, along all these axes, and that's the, that's kind of, I feel like that's the thing to be, to be aware of, aware of. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say a few things, because uh, I think there's multiple pieces that you're pointing at that are important, and I don't want to go, I don't want to just stay with the worst case, which this is one of the worst case, in my opinion. Um, but even what you're like when you were talking about checking the news how many times a day and because then the question and this is a, again what I feel like is a really important part of the Dharma that's undervalued is the, uh, is the factor of awakening that's called investigation and that we don't investigate not just that we're doing it but why are we doing it Right? What is it? What's the satisfaction from going online so many times, or going to our phone, or reading our emails, and 
And believe me, I get a lot of email. It's the duke of my life, to be honest. I, you know, I mean, I have a hundred email that I have to do something with, read, file, uh, respond to, you know. And this is regularly. This is, and by regular, I mean every few days, mm-hmm. because I'm on a lot of um, committees and in a lot of organizations where I'm supposed to do something. You know, and so it's good, and it's good, but it's like, it's so much that at some point it's often not helpful how much information, just that, this is not even dramatic stimuli, this is just stimuli, and it's like, how much are we, uh, what is supportive of living a balanced life becomes a question, because the dharma's about being here, and waking up. It's not about doing something every moment I'm conscious every day. And so it, so that's I just throwing some of that in. Um, you know, and, and I don't know how much any of you are, are on the web or on your phones or on computer. And but how is it impacting us and why are we on the web or or a computer? becomes really interesting questions for me and and important for us to investigate if we want to be free. And that's what I want. That's what I'm interested in. What liberates the heart and mind so we can be here with the potential the Buddha kept pointing at that that is available for all of us. I think intention is very important there, right? Just looking at that and having a buddy to, this is, get practical, right? It's like, talk, have somebody who holds you accountable where you can talk just about why you did something. If you start doing that about why you post, you'll post much less. I think I talked about this last time, uh, automatically. And a lot of these behaviors, I think, if if you just have conversations and you talk about your real intention for why you did something, some of the behaviors would change. Um, and then the other one is the importance of renunciation, right? The, that's, that's you know, we kind of forget that here, though it's, it's not as Western, I guess, right? but, but it's pretty <laughs> no, important. It's really important because the word isn't favored in the West. Mm-hmm. Renunciation, oh, we don't want to give up anything in the West. We want everything, right? Better, bigger, more, more beautiful, more everything. But really the word renunciation is about what does it mean to let go? And so then it's a different, then we start to see the freedom of not holding on. And that's, again, of what my understanding, that's what the Buddha was pointing at the freedom of letting go, and, and the goodness of that, the, the delight of that, the pleasure, the, the happiness that comes with not holding on to anything ultimately, because ultimately, really, we can't hold on to anything. And, and, and there's all these illusions, like the fact that we can take photos, infinite photos, and have them on our phones. Right? You build attachment without even realizing that, right? Like that that's the consequence of just having all of these things around. Mm. Then if they were gone, you'd be very upset. But you never had them before and everything was fine. Right? Like it's just there are new things that get introduced that then we naturally like nobody's doing anything wrong to naturally feel like then that should continue to be, right? Once that feature exists or capability exists, you tend to think, okay, that's going to be around. But we are getting conditioned, so again, this is back to that training lens of like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And there's all these indirect trainings, right? Like the fact that you can take infinite photos trains you in attachment. It's not an intuitive, like it's not the first thing you would think right. about, but that is what's happening to all of us. It's so interesting, because I have some photos right. now, are, yeah. but I never look at them. <laughs> that's to me. That's the most interesting thing. And every once in a while, I look at them. It's like, oh my God, look at this. I was here or there, whatever it is. But it actually has nothing to do with my day-to-day living, and and this moment and the liveness that's actually here. 
And I mean, it's nice to reflect in memory once in a while. Yeah. But. I struggle with it too. I mean, I, 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 I like, actually like taking, I like the creative process of taking photos. So a lot of times I'm just, I just want the photo to look a certain way and I enjoy that process. After that, I'm not going to look at it a whole lot. Like, I might look at it later at some other time and be like, oh, that was a nice photo. But I'm, that's not as important as that process. Um, there are other times where photos can bring up memories of, right, things that, that are sweet. But even that, like, this, we haven't talked about this, but like, is reminiscing a skillful thing at all? I don't know. Pardon? Reminiscing about exper experience. Like, is that a skillful thing to do at all? Let's see what people think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but this wait, you just said something I wanted to comment. Photos on. and uh, taking photos. Uh, oh, and you said about the uh, the process. You really enjoy the process. Yes. That now that's really important because what meditation is pointing us at is the process of how everything. Uh, unfolds moment by moment, right? There's causes and conditions, and then there's this moment, and then it's gone. And it's all process, human life. Nothing is static, and you've heard me say this before, and I like to say it, right? Because it's not, reality is not static. And one of the things that we hold on to is trying to make things static, or, or make it a thing mm. that we can have or keep or use or that makes us look good or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, and this is, you don't know me so well, so I'll throw this in. So static, the opposite of static, do you know what that is? Dynamic. Dynamic? Ecstatic. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I was like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sorry. I know the setup, right? Yeah, yeah, that was totally. The opposite unique. of up is <laughs> hell. Oh, no, but really, it's but it but it is something because yes. people tend to think they actually want to be ecstatic, but they keep reaching for the static. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, in my opinion. This is just oh, I like, I like it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Another really interesting topic, and I'd love to hear from yeah. from people. We didn't, so last time I came, I think a lot of you were here, and we talked a lot about this kind of the harm side, and we went through this stuff. There's another side, which is really fascinating, which is what, what, is, what is skillful technology? Like, what is humane technology? That's actually a line, and of course, when someone asks me that question, I answer it from a Buddhist perspective, because that's the lens that I view the world. So I am really curious. I can talk about it, talk, I can talk about my thoughts on it, but I'm actually curious to hear what you all think. I don't know if that's the best use of time, but um, if there's interest in that, I feel like, you know, what does it look like when it's done right is kind of an important uh, topic, because you may already be convinced of the harm. So I, I would just add one more piece and then we could go. Um, just that um, I'm happy to talk about that and, um, and any other question yeah, any topic topic sure. you yeah, might yeah. have. Okay. Yeah, okay. No, I'd love to hear your thoughts. We, okay. we, didn't, we didn't talk about, about like human, what does it mean to do it right? Yeah, okay. Well, let's see what people have to say first. Would you grab the mic or you could come up to the mic? Yeah, thanks. Hi, um, is it on? Yeah, I'm going. Hey, I'm not clear on the thing about photographs, right? Because, I mean, they, they've been around for, you know, Ansel Adams and all that. Um, <laughs> so what's the deal on why, why, where is their harmfulness that exists now with my iPhone camera versus my Brownie Instamatic? I think part of it is just the ability to hold on to a lot more stuff, right? Because you can you can take infinite photos. Oh, 
shit, man. So you I think come to my house and see what my wife has. I mean, she's got like stacks of albums like that. Yeah. At least so, this just fits in a phone. Right, right. No, so that part, I, I, I wouldn't say that that part is notably different. I think it's fair because the, the photo aspect is not... The part that's different is there's something about editing and enhancing, right? Because like you can turn the saturation up. You can make things that aren't as real. Uh -huh. So that's one side of it. It's not what we were talking about. The, the actual taking of photos and storing of photos, I don't think is much different in terms of if someone has a lot of photos, even with older technology, it's uh, not much different. Like you, you, you're holding on in the same way, you know, I would say. Yeah, uh, yeah, yes, and in media, you can send me your photographs, all 100,000 of them, in a moment. Right. Right now. Yeah. Just pull out your phone and send it to me. You even have my email. You can do it. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. you know, it's... He needs more email. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you want pictures of long of me. I, I understand. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I understand. Yeah, and so there's a whole other dimension to the proliferation of stimuli that photographs are part of now in our world. And it's true, and sometimes it's great. I go on Instagram because I see pictures of my daughter, and like she was just at a big award show for her work. And it's like, oh, totally fun for me to see what the hell she's wearing, which, you know, is like ridiculous, but <laughs> it's still fun. But this is where it shows up more, right? Is is when you post a photo, right. and I'm looking, and there's all the social part of the photos is where the new stuff is kicking in, right? Okay. So I'm not really aware of that. I mean, I get like a lot of pictures of my backpacking trips and my granddaughter, and I'm really the only person that looks at them. I don't share them, so I don't really understand that part right. of it. Yeah. And it's very different if you're looking. Even that, where there's some, some stuff to look at, but it's very different when you took the photo to post for someone else, for everyone else here to yeah. see and to feel a certain way about you. Uh -huh. That dynamic is, that's where like, I think a lot more of the harm is, that you taking the photo and looking back and being like, wow, that was like a really beautiful vista that I saw. It's not, not too harmful, right? Thank you. Please. Uh, hello. Pull it down. Yeah, a little bit. Test, yeah. Test. Okay. So I guess my issue with the internet, and it's probably designed <laughs> that way on purpose. My well, yeah, one no, issue. My, my issue would be. But the primary issue is that the skillful use and the unskillful use is all mixed together. So I found out about this on email. And probably before email, there were other ways, like flyers. There were. I could find out about things by flyers, but now I have to use email. And uh, for some stuff, I have to use Facebook. And, uh, and then it's mixed up with everything else that's in there. And maybe not email as much, but somewhat. So it's like they, they don't let you say, I don't want, you know, I just want to see... You know, Only protests stuff, or, right? yeah, or right. Sanga news or whatever, like, you can't do that. You, that's the tricky thing, is it takes so much effort, like, you can engineer some of that, yeah. um, but it's, it's, it's you, right? it's on you, right? You have to go and say, all right, well, I'm going to create a bunch of filters, and so that's what I want to say. Know how to do that. Right. So then you have to know how to do that. And, but, but there are ways to, for example, like for your email, you take certain subject lines or certain senders and they kind of go into this other folder and only the good ones are left. So that helps a little bit. Like yeah, but I mean, that just takes me down the more tech and spending yeah, yeah, time yeah. in front yeah. of my computer rabbit hole. Yeah. Yep. Well, and you're trying to, but you're trying to figure out, like, email is a tough one, right? Because you can't really go to people and be like, just, just drop email. That whole email thing, just forget it. People will just write you letters or they'll call you. Right. And, like, that's not, for, I think, for uh, almost everybody, that's not really a choice, right? So then you have to figure out, there, like, Instagram is a choice. Twitter is a choice. Like, they're very easy choices to remove. Yeah, I don't do those. Right. And I, I'm not on them either, right? It's just, um, it doesn't, those are, you don't lose much, right? If you haven't gotten into it and gotten in the system, you're not giving up much. Um, 
that's again part of why these systems are so successful. There's a, it's actually called network effects, right? The fact that when multiple people are together, there's value in the system that is exponentially higher because we're all in there. So now we all stay in there. It's hard to get out. That's that's why if you can avoid getting in there, it's it's a lot easier. It's hard to get out because they're engineered. But. So again, it, it's pointing at certain dharmic principles that are um, they're echoes of certain dharma principles that happen online like sangha right because you end up feeling connected to all these people online and you may have a little bit of connection but there's much more connection if you're actually live and interacting with people and then the whole idea of sangha starts to really flower of what that means which i don't see that happening so much on the web now i'm not saying good things don't happen on the web in terms of sangha also but especially that's not why these companies were created companies were you know whether it's twitter or or facebook or whoever it's all about making money as far as i can tell Largely, I mean, I would say one one to 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 give the positive yeah, for yeah, once, please. you know, like one really positive thing actually is the Brahma Viharas minus equanimity, right? Um, the 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 other three, right? Um, you can actually see a lot of examples where you see groups of people, especially when you get groups of, say, a group of meditators, right? There will be more of this like sympathetic joy, like actual joy for like, hey, I taught this thing, I taught this class today, I'm like, it went well. Like your daughter, right, might, might share with her educators, right, and say, hey, like, what, what happened for you? What was it like? So I taught you how to teach kids mindfulness. What was it like? Share that with the group. And then other people say like, wow, like, that's amazing, right? Lots of like likes and now it's good. Now it's great, right? Because actually she'll get support when you use it a lot, it can turn into, again, a popularity contest of like, well, my class photo is bigger and better, right? But, but there's, a, there's a very lovely part of it that comes from, really, it's like, um, and that's an exercise for us to look also, right? When we see the picture of the place that your friend visited that is so amazing, and you're like, ah, I wish I could have gone there. Can we do, right, Mudita, can we do sympathetic joy to see that and say, I'm so happy for you. Like really, I'm really happy, like I didn't need to be there, I'm really happy for you that you got to go there. That's, that's tricky, right, because we, we sort of have this natural thing of, oh, I'm stuck this week, this week is so busy, and right, I mean, of course, right. But, but those things, or compassion, compassion is often easier, right, because you look and Someone is having a hard time and they share that. And then you can say, oh gosh, like I, I, that's a terrible thing. I really feel for them. And their post or their photo can help you feel more of that, right? Than if you just read the words, you can see a photo. And then you could maybe interact with them and help them. Right? So there's, there's something to explore there um, between loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy. Equanimity doesn't as well with social media, I it, think it's hard. It's more sophisticated yeah. and for... Uh, it, it pushes you off of the equanimity much more so than these other ones. So, And again, it, a lot of times the engineering to make you compare is the fuel, right? Like it makes you post more, it makes you participate more because now you need to, you need to do that too, right? You, it's sort of a, it's a one-up game that everyone is playing and it's... Uh, so that's the dark side of it. But we, as practitioners, we can look at the positive side and say, okay, can we do better at loving kindness, at compassion, at sympathetic joy, and look at what might block us from doing that? Like, that feels skillful. I, I keep wanting to add in something about equanimity, though. Just Yeah. <laughs> just because... No, I think it's important. I just... But the only Struggle. thing I can really think of is, oh, that's when I like to tell people who are asking about how can I be more mindful at my computer, I always say, oh, go to your computer, sit down at your computer, 
and just meditate there, but don't turn it on. Because right? <laughs> then you get a sense of equanimity. You see, oh, when the machine comes on, it changes your relationship to your own practice. And that's where the equanimity is right here before you uh, get engaged in it. And you can actually boy, stay on the computer and be very present and awake and aware. But it's a practice, and you have to keep putting the practice before the computer. So yeah. I think that's one of the places one could learn more equanimity. And the other one is actually, um, as you use these things, right, to right. notice the Vedana, right, the pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, yeah. that, because your mind does a dance when you are using, right, again, engineer, the dance is engineered, but you can certainly observe that, like to jump from pleasant to unpleasant, like kitten, pleasant, terrible, like this article, unpleasant, right, or like, and you're just dancing around. You can watch the feet, and you can just see the mind dancing on each one. So that's actually, again, if you can maintain the mindfulness and watch that, there's something to learn there. You don't have to learn for that long, because you can just watch them and be like, wow, that's, that's I, like, I find that, that unpleasant as a whole, to have my mind thrown around between pleasant and unpleasant so much. So I, I like, that just doesn't, it doesn't feel, good to me, like even looking at a, a you know, news page, and not even BBC does it, everyone does it, and, and you just, all the headlines are just bouncing your head around a lot, and it, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel pleasant, I feel very manipulated, and so therefore it doesn't incline me to go seek out more of that, so I think just watching that solves part of the problem. Just, I just want to make sure everyone understand the word you use was Vedana. And Vedana is really technically the second factor of mindfulness is Vedana, where you're mindful of the um, um, pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral response you can have or you do have to every moment of existence. And we often don't pay attention to it. We get thrown around, as Randy is saying, be wanting the pleasant, not wanting the unpleasant, and being unconscious of the more neutral experience. And it's really, you can even just notice it right now, the Vedana of whatever it is, whether you're liking or not liking, or not even thinking about what's going on in the moment. Very important articulation that doesn't get articulated so well in Western Buddhism. In the it's Western left out a lot, world. actually. Yeah, it's left out a lot. Yeah, it's left out uh, a lot. Yeah. In a lot of secularized mindfulness, yeah. it's really left out. Yeah. And it's, it's really important, right? Because right after that is where the clinging happens. Suffering happens right after. That's like, so <coughs> noticing that step and that moment is like a uh, doorway to freedom, right? Yeah. It's really important. Really. And it's so basic. So social media can teach us that. <laughs> that it's good. Right? It's so basic, Vedana, to human experience. And maybe all, all beings, I don't know. But it really, the human experience, it's like that. And we're so bound to it if we're not aware of it. Please. Because I'm a geek and I've been using computers since, I don't know, a long time ago, since they were a lot less powerful than our phones are, I, I've been an early adopter of everything that ever came out. And an early adopter of what? Early adopter. An early adopter of every technology <laughs> that has come out at least since the early 90s, mm -hmm. or really late 80s. But Facebook was such a strange experience for me. It, it really sucked me in in a way that, like even more than video games did. It just, in a really horrible way. And I came to see that it made me feel agitated and upset and dark and I would feel despair, even though I was seeing like all this happy stuff all the time. It was, 
kind of like there was this noise to it, like a and eventually I had to just like close my Facebook account because it wasn't good for me to be on there. But there are things that are really good for me. And there's probably 15 or 20 people around the world that they're like poets and writers and artists and hippies and Buddhists that we support each other in a lot of ways. And so that's one of my favorite things about uh, new technology. Another one is inspiration. I will go on, like on Instagram, and look at stuff from other people that make jewelry. And sometimes I'll get excited and I'll start sketching and then I'll start making something. And so that's a really good thing too. So there's a, a bad side to it and a good side. And for me, it feels like the difference has something to do with clinging. Like Facebook made me cling. And in a really unhealthy way. But these other things are more like reaching out and opening up and being part of a community. And the last thing that I do is I'm able to, in small ways, be helpful in the world. Like with, um, there's a place, Kiva, that lets you participate in microloans. And I'm able to do good that I couldn't do directly in the world right in front of me. And as it's, that part's pretty miraculous. That's all. Yes. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Um, yeah, sounds good. Please. Hi, Randy. Thanks for being here. Um, I really like this topic. It's something I've been working on for many years. And to come back to the, like, what does skillful means look like? For me, it's been, I mean, at least a three to four year conscious practice of starting to cut things, particularly with my phone. And so some of the things that I've done have been, you know, deleting deleting apps and like making it very condensed. Um, my, my screen is black and white, so it takes out the entertainment, like the gripping value of it. And um, recently I, um, I just got this great tip to turn off my cellular data so that I can only use my phone when there's Wi-Fi. Um, and in my home, I leave it in the hallway where you would have like a physical rotary phone. It's been out of my bedroom for years, but this has been like a hard practice and I'm still struggling. Like I, I see myself struggling. It's mostly checking emails. I have a business that technology allows for my life to be easier. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very, constant practice and I realize like the force that I'm working against to have this tool that I have to consciously constantly be aware of so just wanted to add that I guess Great. Yeah, yeah thank you yeah. sounds like you're, you're doing a lot of really really these are good steps um, we do have a list on our take control page this stuff like grayscale notifications right because by default all the apps have everything is on right they want because they want to notify you and every facebook is like someone decided to think of looking at you oh and, you know they're just going to try to notify you every time so that's a big one um, simplifying your apps is a big one like just don't install keep a minimum set of things right all those things are these are very good steps um with email i talked about last time a little bit right there's a trap there about it's kind of an ego thing, right? To look at uh, why do we check the email so much? Which one like, do we need to check as much? When we send an email, there's a lot of interest in like, was it received well? Um, what did people think of my idea? Do they think I'm smart? Or like, oh, they hated it. Now I'm going to freak out because like, people are upset, right? There's a whole, there's a lot of dynamics with email and a lot of like self stuff that I think is worth looking at. Um, that's part of what makes it so hard for people to disconnect from email. That, that would be the hardest thing, right? If it's tied to directly to your ego, that makes it very hard to let go, right? And that email actually 
is kind of making that link happen. I, so I, I think that's really important what you're pointing at, and I'm going to broaden it a little bit because it's all about ego at a certain level. We're all, and it's all about how we're relating to our identity and our sense of self and what supports the conventional sense of self and what doesn't support the conventional. Because even without technology, we were all doing this anyways, right? And, you know, I'm trying to get you to think that I'm really a good guy or I'm handsome or I'm brilliant or I'm something, you know. And, and of course, everybody else is trying to get their self to be appreciated, loved, and, and because at a certain level, as human beings, we need that. And yet, it's not the depth of who and what we are. We, it's great, it's very important to get that. And we also need to keep discovering who is actually dealing with the technology. Who, meaning what, here, what is this? that, you know, wants to get, you know, my email to be thought well. and Because uh, it's the same thing before we had email. It's the same thing. Even whatever I said, I wanted you to think that was good or great or wonderful. And, and that's the same. That's just such basic dharma. And so, and, you know, and so I'm just appreciating what you're doing with the technology and trying to give it the context of just dharma practice about self and not self. It actually made me think of another thing that we can do with tech now is that you can actually look back much more easily at your different selves, right? Like the things you wrote in the past, the things, the photos you took. Like if you look at it that way, that can be very instructive too, right? <laughs> of, ah, like there's a lot of change going on here, right? And, and we don't often choose that lens to look at things, but I think when you look back at an email and be like, wow, I was such an idiot when I wrote that, <laughs> it's more like that version of me, right, that process, that earlier part of the process, right, is, was, had understood things that way, and now I understand things differently. But if we look at it like that, right, there's a lot to learn just by looking at the fact that there are like infinite photos of us. Now we can look back and say, oh, like, there's all this change, right? And that's okay. Right? Yeah, I look back. There's a lot there. Yeah. I think, wow, I look so good back there. <laughs> <laughs> Here, what, please? But I, I have to add, because I, I have, um, uh, <laughs> I've had a lot of lives in this life, right? And so I look back at my lives just by thinking about it. And it's like, wow, it was a, a whole different person, a whole different world, a whole different world that I was involved in and loved and was passionate about, and it's gone, right? And so that's very helpful. Ultimately. A lot of rebirths, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. because everybody thinks rebirth is about past lives. I'm like, this life, I've had past lives. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm the same age as you, Eugene, so I grew up without computers. My cousin was one of the first people who ever worked on mainframes that were almost as big as this room. And, you know, it was that kind of thing. And I'm something of a poster girl for the neo-Luddites. For what? Um, Neo-Luddites, those were, oh, I'm sorry. It's mm -hmm. for people who are, Luddites were people who fought the Industrial Revolution. Uh -huh. And neo-Luddites are people known as, are usually, it's referred, referring to people who don't like technology, who don't use modern uh -huh. things. Uh -huh. And my friends used to tease me about that a lot. Um, I was a latecomer to cell phones. I had got my first cell phone two years ago at age 68 in 2017, which is kind of, I was the last person on the block. And, um, <laughs> and I, used, I have a computer at work, and that's the only place I have internet access. So I'm listening to a lot of this, mm -hmm. and the part that I struggle with is hearing the good stuff in it, because this has created a whole different kind of reality. It's a virtual reality, but it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. 
everywhere. So I have a, a, a flip phone that has um, unlimited <laughs> talk and text. And now um, it, my friends who used to say, well, if you're trying to be less lonely, you should get a cell phone. Okay, I got a cell phone. Well, now you should get a smartphone. Get and you should get a da da da. And I don't know. Um, I don't find, I find that there are things I like about the cell phone. I can talk to anybody anytime I want, which isn't very often actually, but um, if I'm late to a meeting, hi, I'm on my way. But for me, the point of practice and the point of evolving is increasing my capacity to connect. And there are some ways that I actually finally agreed with my friends, there are some ways that the technology helps me to connect with people I might not. But on the whole, I don't know that people posting all of everything that they're doing throughout the day on Facebook or on Instagram or on whatever, and saying, hi, I'm doing this, and now look at my garden, and this is me in Greece, you know, and all that stuff, <laughs> over and over and over again. It's like, how is that connecting? It's becoming a new definition of connecting, which um, is very tempting to me because that's something that I've always worked on and it's been difficult sometimes. But um, to me, connecting is like talking to somebody uh, or even writing a letter or maybe even, what's that thing called where you can read on the computer? Skype. Skype, thank you. <laughs> a video, video on that. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't have internet access in my apartment, actually. Mm -hmm. So it's like I go through the day listening to all this stuff. P people say, let me show you a picture of my dog. So they'll go on their phone and they'll go, shh, shh, Nope. And they'll just spend like five minutes looking for the photo of their dog. Um, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. So yeah. it yeah. really dramatically, ha I mean, obviously everybody's been saying this, it has dramatically changed the time clock of how our lives are. And I find myself working at being accepting rather than being pissed off. Because being pissed off isn't going to help. Right? It's, it's here. Mm -hmm. right. I get in the I, I work on that all the time. Because yeah. I, I get curmudgeon about it. And yeah, then I'm like, I well, I, I, I want it to stop. I want people to stop. Uh, you know, they, am I being left like, out? What's happened? I mean, I don't like being feeling left out. But on the other hand, when I talk to a friend on the phone who I haven't seen for a couple of weeks, that is a connection. When I have a text communication with my friend in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I haven't seen in two months, I don't know. Yeah. It's not a connection. And I don't even have a, I don't even know, I'm not asking a question exactly, it's just I think I had to put a word in for a person who doesn't use much technology. However, at my job, I'm on a computer all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I'm this, the person, I sit at a national help desk for 50 states of caregivers taking care of family members and any questions they have, they, they email me or call me. So, yeah, so I know how to use the computer and I know how all yeah, that no, stuff. But but even what you're describing is such a beautiful, positive thing. It's a way of doing can, service that I yeah, really enjoy. Yeah, it's beautiful service. It is, it is, and that's one, that's one of the positive things. Yeah, yeah. But I was just hearing and hearing. I t there's a reality here I don't quite understand yet. And I used to feel bad about it. And I don't feel bad about it anymore. Um, don't, you it's don't just have weird. To feel it's bad. just You're just old. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one the same age. No, it's true. It's, true. <laughs> it's just so weird. Well, it's weird to be old in some ways as well. But to see how, how, in, how thoroughly and intensely Everything has changed. It's, it's a different yeah. world. It's yeah. a different world. Yeah. And it's not just a bad world, but there are problems with the world forever. Yeah. There have been yeah. problems. And, yeah. there's, and now these are some of the problems. Yeah. And that's why it's really lovely to have Randy here. It, really, because I've learned a lot about it in my communication with him, and that we can keep learning more and skillfully respond. And it's, of course, li like the Dharma, step by step. Yeah. yeah. Something changed, right? Where, I mean, we, we talk about it at work, actually, because it's funny how, for a lot of us, we were all, I think many of us, we were excited about technology, 
and each thing was exciting and like we looked forward to the next events. But we have reached a point where almost every headline I read, I'm like, oh God, that's going to go wrong in these like very obvious, predictable ways. <coughs> where like the headline is about the positive part, and but the ways it's going to be abused are so clear and so tempting and so obvious and so monetarily good that that's going to happen. And that's kind of the pattern that I find. That That is a big difference from, again, that's what has happened when we cross that point of passing vulnerability, there's just a lot more risk and, and, and the dynamics are quite different from what they were. That is what it is. And I, like you said, I, I struggle with it also because I'm just like, wow, can we just all slow down? But the, the, the market forces are not such that that is going to happen. So then like, we work on the market forces, right? So there are ways to, to work on that. And that's not something individuals can do easily. But like some organizations, there's many organizations working on that stuff. Because we have to innovate much more responsibly than we did up to this point. And that's really hard. We're gonna we we're at nine o'clock right now, just so you know. But I would love to take more, but we're going to do more of this. We're going to invite Randy back again, and much appreciation for your being here. Thank you. Really, no, thank you. And, uh, um, and of course, you can email him with any of your questions. <laughs> no, that was a joke. Send it to Eugenio. He loves email. So let's end with a little sharing the merit. So... Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.